welcome to episode four of the Winning with Beckwith podcast. And so we're gonna continue in this episode with Cynthia Lewis, uh, loan officer here at OVM. She was on episode three. We're gonna get more into the nuts and bolts of leadership development and scaling up your operation. But one good thing we're gonna touch on is life balance. So I hope you guys enjoy it. I know I did. All right, welcome to episode four. And we have brought on Cynthia Lewis. She is a legend in the mortgage business. We did have her on episode three. So if you didn't listen to episode three, check it out after this one, before this one, either one's uh, no problem. But Cynthia has been in the mortgage business for over 10 years. Uh, Actually, how many years is it? I'm sorry. 18. 18 years. (laughs) I've known her for over 10 years. And she is um, just a legend in the mortgage business. She's grown her business uh, for unbelievable heights. Thank you. Yeah. Um, So just in the last two years, she's actually doubled her business. She had two, maybe three employees two years ago. Now Mm -hmm. she has nine employees in her business. And so she's in the mortgage business, uh, which is our world. But a lot of these principles we've been talking about apply to all businesses. It applies to real estate, uh, electricians, doctors, lawyers. We talk a lot about all that stuff. It's, It's a lot of the same principles. So you don't have to be in the mortgage business or real estate business to get something out of these episodes, which I, which I think is key. And so, you know, we started off the last episode with a fun fact about Cynthia and she played basketball. I did. Small forward. Uh, Did you average a double, double, triple, double? I mean, what kind of stats were you working with? My stats were actually good. I had high shooting stats and I was very good at assists. I had high assist stats. Wow. It was a passer. long time ago, so I can't. Really I know you were a good numbers, teammate. You know, were you the captain? No, no, no. no. Okay, no. I just I that can see you. You're a good leader, so I, I can was, see that. Yeah, you know, basketball was one of those things, kind of more my dad's wish. So yeah. it's, it's something you picked up, and I was kind of good at it, but I didn't. You know, it was cool. <laughs> and if you listen to the last episode, her dad's also the one that convinced her to go in the mortgage business. So he is. You know. That's good. So since we did a fun fact the last episode, we need one more. I mean, you got to dig for it, I know, but you oh, know. Oh man. I mean, what do you what do you like to do when you're not working? I mean, I know I know you're heavily involved at your church. I am. You know? I am. I'm an avid dog lover. Really? I love dogs. I how, am. How I'm many dogs have. do you have? I only have one now, but I am highly considering getting another one. I like, wouldn't. I wouldn't recommend highly. it. No, I'm just I know. I know. <laughs> I know. But I think I am. I think I'm gonna yeah. bite the bullet and do it. Yeah, we just got our second dog. On a side note, and oh cool. Yeah, it's just a lot more work. So if it you is. have one dog, stick with <laughs> it. I think it's a great idea. But they need friends. <laughs> She's also scaling up her dog business might while be. scaling up this. So. <laughs> Anyway, so in the last episode, we talked a lot about hiring your first employee Mm -hmm. uh, and we talked about what kind of uh, characteristics you're looking for. And so uh, we know as you're growing your business uh, even more um, that eventually that employee usually can become a leader on your team. Not always. Right. Right. Um, But when you were looking back, how important was it to actually uh, hire a leader and what kind of role did they have in your team? I think it was pivotal really to go to the next level to have a leadership role on the team um one of my day ones what i call is actually now a leader on my team she's more of the the loan officer supervisor sales manager and you know she had very has very strong leadership skills initially she was hired honestly just to run my crm so kudos to her because she worked her way up from 
a little lower than a loan officer assistant um, yeah. because she had no experience in the business all the way up to a sales manager. But just her progression showed me that she had the ability to lead. Just her taking the bull by the horn, doing things that were not asked of her to do for the betterment of the team showed that she had that ability. And I think it's key because, and I used to tell you this all the time, I used to come to you and say, I need this because I am not, I don't have very strong manager skills, right? So I feel like in growing your business, I'll always say this, you have to know yourself and be honest. Just because you're yeah. the yeah. CEO of the team doesn't mean that you know it all or you're the best at this or whatever. I have very, not the strongest management skills in a, in a setting such as this, because I always joke and say, I've never been managed. Yeah. You know, in this world, we're kind of, you're kind of on your own. You do your own thing. As long as you put up numbers and, you know, no one's calling and screaming about not closing, then you're pretty much left alone. So I've never been directly managed, mentored, of course, but right. never like directly managed. So I struggled with managing other people. So it was very key for me to bring in leaders, but then also take those from within and get them in leadership roles as well, because new people are great and they bring great ideas, yeah. but the people that have been there with you, if you can promote them, that's great as well because they know you. You know, they know the core of you. They know the essence of your business. You know, they know how you like things done. So I think that's a win if you can definitely promote somebody within. Yeah, I totally agree. And one of the biggest things, you know, are characteristics that's important to me. And I know it's important to you, too, is loyalty. Absolutely. And, you know, I and I'm almost I hesitate to say this. But I would take loyalty over almost any other characteristic. Like, I, it doesn't matter to me how good you are at your job, right? Right. Like, you can be amazing at your job. Uh, loyalty is a huge is a huge thing because you can. They do know where you came from and how you started, and the people that have been there from the beginning. Um, I'm I'm willing to overlook some things, right. not everything. I'm willing to <laughs> overlook. I think the key though, and I, and I have a lot of friends that run businesses and you know, run different things. And I think it's so easy for us to look at somebody on our team and just be like, they're not working out. I need to find somebody to replace them. Right. Mm -hmm. But what I found over the years is that rarely works. That mm -hmm. mindset very rarely works. And it's much better to try to develop them. And right. something, when you were talking about your managerial skills, you are a good manager, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> but you had to learn this. And I've had to learn it too, is is you have to be direct with people. Like mm -hmm. you can't avoid, you can't avoid the problems there. Right. Right. And so being direct with people, giving them the opportunity to grow in their business really has changed. I know the team, uh, my team, and I've seen it change your team because Absolutely. being direct changes everything. When you just avoid the problem. And, and the reason I'm bringing this up is because so many people do it. Mm -hmm. They just want to sweep it under the rug. And listen, nobody likes confrontation. It's not like I wake up in the morning. You know what? I want to have a conversation with this guy. Fires. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like nobody likes that. Right. right. But as a business owner, it's so important that you have those tough conversations. Yes. Because you just, you can't sweep it under the rug. Right. And it's our responsibility as the owners to pull out the best in people. Oh, absolutely. And so a lot of times those tough conversations are going to break that shell or crack that shell so that you can pull out the best of them and put them in the best situation for them. Because that's when you get the best out of people. Yeah. And sometimes you may not have them in the right position. Mm -hmm. You may have thought that person would fit perfect right here. Made that mistake. And they're good. They're proactive, right? And they want to work for you and they would do anything. I mean, I have some people on my team that if I told them to run through a brick wall. They would try. 
they would do it <laughs> because they're just loyal. Right. And sometimes they don't always fit where I want them to fit. And so then I'm like, okay, well, let's figure this out. Let's give them some direct feedback. Let's train. Let's try that first. If that doesn't work, then I always, if they're loyal, I'm always going to try to find them a position on my team that I need, that exactly. they do fit into. It doesn't always work out. And I'm not saying you have to keep everybody. Um, if it's not working out and you've tried to work with them, you know, that's a whole other uh, episode. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I think that it's important. You hit on so many good things there um, about your your team and your leaders. And so what happens if you hire some people, they're great at their, their job mm-hmm. at the beginning. I'm talking about the beginning of the business here. And so you want to, you need a leader. You're getting to the point where you need them to start leading. And so the way that it looks in a business is real simple. So when you hire some, uh, some teammates, some employees to start helping you, eventually you want them to be the people that are training your new employees, right? Absolutely. Because again, you're out driving the business, you're out forming the vision, you're making sure everything's going smooth from a much higher level than you were before. And so you're not necessarily going to be able to sit down and train every single new person that comes in. Plus, like you said earlier, you're really not even that good at it anymore. So so eventually these people are going to be training and helping out. And so when you're looking at your team and you're trying to identify leaders that can come in and train, I mean, really, what do you do when you don't have that person on your team? When you look at your team, you're like, and I know you have some leaders on your team. You just mm-hmm. talked about one, but what, try to help out somebody that maybe owns a business and they're looking at their team now and they're like, I need some leaders, but I don't have any. What, what do you think the first thing they should do? I think the best thing that you can ever do in a situation like that is you have to lead by example. So sometimes you have to show the example of what you want in order for people to become that. But then also what I would do in that situation, and I did do in that situation, is you identify maybe who you see that has the potential, and then you start pouring into them. That's you know, Let really them like know, that. like, hey, I see you here. Yeah. Because honestly, that's what happened to me, right? You yeah. said, hey, I see you being able to do these things. And then that gave me the confidence to say, Maybe I can because someone else can see what something in me that I can't see. Yeah. So let me pause you right there. Mm-hmm. I know it's hard to do, <laughs> but the key that Cynthia just said there was she poured into them. So she didn't give up on them. So we just talked about that earlier uh, right. when you're developing your team, but also the same principle applies to the leaders on the team and making sure that you pour into them. And I think you said one thing, like just telling them, Hey, I know I see these qualities in you. You mm-hmm. could do this. Mm-hmm. Right. That changes everything. I mean, just giving people and and speaking life is what I like to call it. Like you're saying, hey, I see this in you. Right. Um, Because I think we live in a world where so many negative things are brought into play. And depending on your background, you may not have had anybody in your life that said, hey, you'd be a good leader. Right. 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 So I think speaking that to it doesn't mean it definitely changes. it. It doesn't guarantee they're going to be great leaders, but it certainly increases the odds. Absolutely. And I think a lot of times as business owners, because we normally don't have that hovering of a supervisor or a manager over us, we forget how important it may be still to hear those words, right? Mm. How important it is for your team and your staff to hear those words of like, hey, you're doing good. Hey, you can do this. Hey, I want to see you get to this level. It means, and that's a mistake that I made in building my team because I'm not, you know, our reward in this business is great numbers, et cetera, et cetera, and being yeah. able to grow. You don't always get the the accolades every day, but they need that. And so I think 
again, pouring into them and just letting them know they can do it and that you see that in them. Because oftentimes as the CEO, the owner, your staff is looking up to you, whether you want to believe it or not, whether you want to accept it or not, they're looking up to you. So what you say does matter. Yeah. And I, and, you know, just kind of backing up, I mean, Cynthia, what you've done really is just given a, a blueprint to somebody in your business today, right, that is ready to hire their first employee, mm -hmm. has a few employees, and then the next step is really just getting those employees to be leaders, right? And, and at some point, they're the ones hiring people. Like we talked about, they're the ones training people. Right. Um, and and I know we could spend hours and hours, honestly, talking about scaling a business. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> because... But that is the foundation right there. And I know it sounds simple, right? This isn't straight out of a business book. It might be in a business book somewhere, right? This is just real life experience that mm -hmm. you've seen and I've seen. And I know you're humble. You would say you don't have it all figured out. We know we don't have it all figured out. We're still yeah. learning every day. But one thing that, that I really wanted to touch on with Cynthia, and one of the main reasons I had you on is I wanted to talk about work-life balance. Mm -hmm. And that's just <laughs> something passionate to me because when we were... One of the main reasons I, I wanted to um, start doing a podcast really is really because of that, right. um, because of the struggles that I had um, in my personal life mm -hmm. and just talking to loan officers. I had a loan officer come to my office a few months ago just in tears. And listen, if you're in the mortgage business, you'll know what I'm talking about. But it does apply to every business when you have so much business coming in and you want to provide the best customer service possible. You get to the point where it's overwhelming and you have no life. You are doing your business every single day. You're going home. You're doing your invoices. You're collecting money in our world. Right. You know, we're pulling credit. We're doing pre-approvals. We've got a pipeline of loans that have to close on time. The customers are calling. The agents are calling. And it gets to the point where you just you end up in tears. I know I hit that point yes. and I know you've hit that point. Uh, but yeah. So kind of talk about your journey. Well, and, and work-life balance isn't a totally separate topic, by the way, from scaling up your business. It actually goes hand in hand. Absolutely. Because when you finally set those boundaries up um, of having, you know, that work-life balance with, with your business, mm -hmm. it actually has a lot to do with scaling because guess what? You need people to help you, right? Which is where the employees come in. Because you get to the point where you can decide as a business owner that you don't want any more business and I'm just going to do it all by myself, Right. Um, or if you really believe in what you're doing and you want to really grow your business, um, then you do need to hire somebody. And right. so just kind of walk us through that that journey for you um, about how you ended up at the place where you're like, you know what? I can't do it anymore. Absolutely. So my scaling, uh, scaling up my business definitely came from the brick walls that I hit. And I had two uh, brick walls that I hit. So I realized- two, wow. Yes, too. <laughs> I realized from Sorry. those experiences yeah. that I wanted to create and scale a business that worked um, not around me, but in spite of me, meaning that it would go on whether I was in it or not. And so my first... Um, I just I got to pause you right there. I hope you guys heard that. The business, say that again, it's the in spite of me, the so, business goes on. I built, I wanted, my my goal in scaling was to build a business that didn't work around me, but it worked in spite of me. Meaning mm. whether I was there in it or not, it wasn't, I didn't want to build a bunch of support. I wanted to build a business that functioned with 
without me there. I think we could just wrap up right now. <laughs> I mean, honestly, that is so good. I couldn't have said it better myself, but like if you build a business that doesn't need you, mm. I, it's scary to think about that, but that is what it's all about, right? Absolutely. Sorry. And that's how you get to your work-life balance. So Ooh. to some that it could be scary, to me, it was necessary. Yeah. So because my first episode, right, we were as a company, we went to Jamaica and I literally had, I guess, an anxiety situation or I don't want to call it. I don't know what it was, but coming back, I just started to have this meltdown in the airport. Mm. And what happened was that was the first time I had taken a trip in over 10 years. And when I got back into the States, I'll never forget, we landed in Charlotte Airport and I cut my phone on and it just started ding, 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 ding. Like, I mean, just so many alerts and so many messages and so many emails and alone was on fire and it was one of my biggest agents at the time i mean just so much happened that i just i just had this meltdown yeah. and i was like I, I cannot go on like this i can't keep doing this and so that led to shortly thereafter the first hire which of course had its you know ups and downs and trials and error yeah then the second uh situation that really just had me step up to the plate and say i have to do i have to make a life change was when my dad had a stroke. Mm. I and remember, I remember that. Okay. Yes. And I was fortunate that I had a team, but I had support. I didn't have something that ran in spite of me. It was running around me. Yeah. And so I'm grateful for those individuals at that time because they were able to keep it together. But what I realized when that happened, I could not gather the fact that my father had a stroke because I thought that he was only like in his late 50s. And it was my brother that brought to my attention his actual age. And what so I had realized is that I was present in moments, but time was passing me by because I was I was physically there, but I wasn't mentally there. And yeah, that was I just gotta stop you. This is just so good. <laughs> I mean, time was passing her by. I had that feeling a lot mm -hmm. myself back then because you when you have when for me, because I have children and you go by living day-to-day -day life and doing the stuff that you do you get to the point where you look back and you're like, wow, my daughter is now 10. Right. Right. And I thought she was four. Right. And it's almost like it's, it's, it's a little crazy thinking like that, but like you didn't really comprehend. I'm sure you knew your dad's age, but you're like, it just never it really, it just yeah. never really hits you that that's how fast life moves sometimes. Absolutely. And like, Sorry to cut you off. Go ahead. No, so, you're good. Yeah. But I mean, that's true because we live in a pipeline. In this world, we live in a pipeline business. But yeah. even in any business, as a business owner, you're always forecasting. Yeah. You're always thinking about the next month and the next quarter. And so it's very hard to live in the moment. Mm. And so when you're working also in the business, then you're really not living in the moment. So like you were saying, just time was escaping me and not comprehending how old he was and that he was actually possibly in stroke age it just it was at that moment I was like something has to change and that's where I realized that I wanted to build something in spite of me that would run whether I was actually there or not and that's kind of where that journey began yeah so the whole scaling up uh, business it goes hand in hand with scaling up your business and creating the yes. work life that you need and so uh, what was one of the like first do you remember like one of the first things you did to kind of create uh, some work-life balance for you? Yes, I went in, because you know I joked and I said this is Lewis uh, Lending Team 3.0. So I went in and I cleaned house. Yeah. Um, and that's something you cannot be afraid to do. 
I asked everyone, I, I, I kind of developed the vision, right? First, you have to identify your vision. I identified my vision, what it was that I wanted to do. Then I identified myself, you know, the role in that I was going to play in that vision. And then I took that vision to everyone at the time that was on the team. And I said, this is the direction I'm going in, yay or nay. And if they were a nay, then I clean house. I had to let them go. Um, some, we were definitely able to reposition and put them in better roles that suited them ultimately for their good anyway. Yeah. So it all worked out in the end. But that was the first thing, you know, identifying the vision identifying myself and then saying this is what I'm going to do and then I just begin to build yeah I just love how how that just the the evolution or the transformation and so when you first start your business and you're just trying to hire people earlier episode we talked about don't worry about your vision just do it because you do you get to the point where you can't do it by yourself anymore and what we are, what we want to say is, you don't necessarily have to have the vision. You just need to know you need help. But at some point, you will get a vision exactly. of where your business is going to go. And I think sitting down with your team one on one and saying, "Hey, here's what I'm thinking. Are you on board?" And, and when she said cleaning house, I could be wrong, but I don't think you fired everybody, right? No, <laughs> most um, individuals were repositioned. Okay. Um. So no. That's what I thought too. <laughs> they were put in different roles. What that may have worked better for them in a, in a different role, but she knew right away that some of the people weren't going to work out in the role she needed them to be to create right. a business that wasn't necessarily about her being in her business every day, but actually a business that didn't really involve her as much. Exactly. Really, hardly at all. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And it's worked out great. I mean, that's like you know, if you are a baker. You do you want to be the baker and the only one that bakes, or do you want to bring up other bakers and show them how you do it under your umbrella? Exactly. And that's kind of the mind frame that I took. Yeah. So when you're you're figuring out um, how to build your business, and when you're figuring out like what boundaries to put up, um, did you just like set certain business hours that? you were available or your team was available? I mean, how, how did that kind of happen over time? I know where you're going with this. <laughs> so, of course, in my world, in our world, right, real estate um, is often described as or promoted as a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week business. So with growing the team, yeah. um, we still I still ran very hard for a long time. I still operated with the same hours. When the phone rang, I worked. It was probably just a few months ago that I got to a place where I was grateful for everything that had happened. And, you know, when you bring on employees and you have staff, you have to also consider them as well. Right. And if they wanted to work 24 seven or work, you know, hard, 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 they may not seek to work with you. They may seek to do things. Well, first of all, (laughs) you can't do that. You you can't can't work 24 hours, seven days a week before at some point you break. And, you know, Cynthia broke at the Charlotte uh, airport. Airport, Yes. Um, That was her first time off. But just coming back in that, I think it eventually wears people down. And I've seen it on my team a lot where, especially at the beginning when I was building my business, we didn't have any boundaries. And so Literally, our phones are ringing seven days a week, 24 mm-hmm. hours a day like yours, which is a good problem to have, by the way. Right. Um, but learning how to deal with that and not have your team break down. So it's also it's not always about us. It's also about our team. Absolutely. And you as a business owner have to think about that piece, too. And so when you start hiring people to do some of these tasks, it doesn't mean that you just always go take a vacation. Mm-hmm. It just means that you're doing different things right. um, instead of being the one handling some of the day-to-day stuff but with that being said um 
you knew where I was going with that. So go ahead yes. with where, where you're going. <laughs> so yes, like you said, it's not just about us. It is about our team. And it is unique in our world, right? Because some of our, our individuals who work on our team are Monday through Friday, nine to five. Then we have some that are on the sales side. So it's like, how do I, you know, give everybody the support, everybody this relief. And so for me, you know, I got to the point and it was a challenge, but I'm a believer. Yeah. And I love the Lord. And so it just got to a point where it had been impressed upon my heart for a while that, you know, to take Sundays and honor that as a Sabbath day. And that's probably unheard of in this business or, or very rarely heard of. And I've never heard of it. Okay. <laughs> I mean, we've talked about this. So I know that this is something that Cynthia has been working towards. Yes. Didn't, it happened a few months ago when she finally did it. And what she basically said was, hey, we're closed on Sundays. Yes. Right. I don't want to say anything that's not true. That's um, 100%. And so I know from our conversations, we get together at least once a month and talk about our business, which, you know, getting together with somebody that's in your business is just great. Yes. Game you know, changing. Um, I think if you ask Cynthia, she would say I mentor her. Yes. But I can tell you just from talking to her in one on one, I get a lot out of from her, too. I would say <laughs> it's a two way relationship um, because she's always she is always she's a big thinker she thinks huge and so when you sat down or you called your partners and so in our world cynthia's world she gets business from real estate agents and they work seven days a week if somebody wants to buy a house on sunday they need a lender a lot of times and right. so when you went to those real estate agents uh what were some of the reactions you got when you first told them that hey we're not going to be available on sundays Honestly, surprisingly, and this is how I know that it was just grace and favor, only two agents kind of gave a little pushback. Well, what do I do if I need this? What what, what will I do if I need that? Yeah. Everyone else was, you know, and, and the ones that I really thought that I was kind of like cringing, like, oh, God, <laughs> this is so... They were all supportive, you know, and the blessing behind a lot of yeah. it is some of my partners even implemented that for their own team. You know, that's the key that I wanted you to say, because <laughs> a lot of them had the reaction of like, wow, I've been wanting to do that, too. Yes. Yes. A lot of them had the reaction. A lot of them said, hey, I'm going to start mandating that on my team as we're growing and going into other markets. It's a little easier to sell because I sell it up front. But they're all like, that's amazing. That's yeah. great. We love it. Now, I will caveat that and say this. Um because my team jokes and calls it the Chick-fil-A effect. Yeah. And it is to a large degree. However, Chick-fil-A has a great product that causes people to be willing to wait until Monday to get whatever yeah. it is you love from Chick-fil-A. Same thing with us. We had to, I had this dream and this goal years ago, but we had to build a great product to be able to pull this off. So that's what I would encourage anyone. Yeah. Whatever your parameters are, whatever your boundaries are, build a good product. And if you build a good product, people will wait for it. Yeah, so it wasn't just something she just woke up didn't have a good thing going because I know over the years, you, you know, we've talked a lot about this, but, mm -hmm. you know, she didn't feel like it was time until recently to do that. I mean, we've been talking about that for five, three, four years At easy least. about that. And I think, you know, it is the Chick-fil-A effect. And we did talk about this on, on one of my episodes with, with Jay Hughes, because when you do have such a good product, what your team offers mm -hmm. uh, to the customers, you do such a good job uh, Monday through Saturday that everybody's willing to wait for you guys to come back in Monday morning if they needed something. Yes. And so um, that's key. And, you know, just kind of going in to 
the scaling piece because again i think they're just so connected absolutely um you know when you when you got your business to the point it is today would you say that scaling is, is kind of what helped you put that boundary in place for the sundays absolutely yeah because absolutely. it's counterintuitive if you really think about um shutting down your business one day a week it, you would think that that you're going to lose business like absolutely. that's what what most um experts would tell you is that oh you're going to lose business um, your agents are going to call other people. Your customers will go to a different lender that's available. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But that's just not true. No. And, you know, we, I, you know, we always bring up Chick-fil-A. But so many people when I don't eat chicken sandwiches on Sunday. I wait till Monday. <laughs> right. Because I'm just like, if they're not open, I'm, I don't go somewhere else to get a chicken sandwich. Exactly. Right. I wait until Chick-fil-A is open on Monday and then I go get a chicken sandwich. And the same thing applies with what your team's doing. And Absolutely. I just, I just think that's a game changer. So if you own a business, putting boundaries and guidelines in place, um, it's a game changer. So again, you got to have the product to be able to pull that off. And you do get to the point um, where you're going to be able to do that. But when you're scaling up your business, incorporating that life balance it's huge. is a big part of it. It really is. It just really goes hand in hand. Oh, yeah. Because without it, you can't last. Yeah. You know, you're not going to be able to last. And even that within cutting off the Sundays or closing on Sundays, a lot of my partners said, that's a phenomenal idea because I don't want my agents to burn out. I don't yeah. I don't want my people to burn out. So, you know, it's it's been life changing for a lot of people. Yeah. So we're wrapping up episode four, Cynthia Lewis. Um, any last words of wisdom you just wanted to throw out there to anybody, no matter what, what they do? Yeah, I would say, you know, if you've got the vision, no, if you've already had the vision, then know that you have what's inside of you to make that come to pass. Yeah. So just don't give up. Don't get discouraged if it takes one, two, three times. Like I always joke and say, you know, yeah. I'm on Lewis Lending Team 3.0 and it <laughs> probably will be a 4.0 yeah. sometime soon. But Change is good, you know, yeah. in, in a business, in a world of being an entrepreneur, you cannot be stagnant. Always embrace change, always accept change, because that means that you're just growing and going to the next level. Yeah. Thank you so much for Absolutely. coming on. I, I can't explain to you how thankful I am. I mean, to come on here. And by the way, I gave her no uh, prep time. I didn't tell her <laughs> what we were going to be talking about. Um, and she showed up and, and I really appreciate it. Thank I hope you guys <laughs> love listening to Cynthia Lewis. We look forward to the next episode. Thank you so much. Thanks.